0: Today on the podcast, you're going to be listening to what is technically when I wrote it week 12 of the book of Galatians, but we're going to be preaching it in week 11 throughout the series. Week 11 is actually moving to week 12, which you will hear next week.
1: You've seen that meme of the blonde woman with all the equations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. <laughs> um, should we talk about the passage instead? Yeah. Because people aren't thinking in terms of week 11 or 12. Mm. I show up on a Sunday and I'm like...
2: What do we, yeah who am I where am I what are we doing <laughs> no. We're still in Galatians <laughs> <laughs> How long are we gonna be here for So when you say so when you say week 12 you mean Galatians 3 10 through 22 yep. and then next week we're gonna backtrack a little bit and do three six through 14.
1: Frank, that sounds even way. better
2: let's just do that there that sounds go. great yeah. that. You just did it Let's throw it in do it live do it live. Do it live. So whatever we call it, this week we're talking about Galatians 3, 10-12, Why Then the Law?
0: Some people have actually talked about the book of Galatians and and they've said Galatians just makes no sense. Paul's just rambling on. And Galatians makes perfect sense, especially today because I keep running into more and more people who want to take the Mosaic Law... And mix it with Jesus as the Messiah and put those things together. And this is exactly what Paul is arguing against. Mm -hmm. Abraham was already saved before the law ever showed up. And then so the question then becomes, so why even give the law? Why, Why even do that? This is what it's supposed to be. And the law was given for A lot of reasons, and I'm only going to hit three in the message. The law is a diagnostic of our hearts. It shows us like a holiness standard that we can never, ever live up to, even though people try to nowadays. And so it shows us that it diagnoses who we are. And so those three things are probably the main three reasons why the law was given. That is, it shows us we will never measure up, and that pushes us into the arms of Christ, that he has fulfilled the law for us that brings us to God. And so that, again, that question comes up a lot. So if Abraham saved by faith, why the law? Well, that's why the law. There's someone I know that that attends Element, and they go through their life feeling overwhelmed a lot, like they are just a terrible person. And every time when I talk about certain things in the law and, and how terrible we are, they feel even worse. But the whole point of that feeling terrible is to say that the law can only do that for so long because Paul actually puts, it was put in place until Christ came. Yes, we are terrible people. The, The law helps us to see and understand that, that we are not righteous on our own, but the law only condemns us until Christ comes, until our faith is found in him. And our GCs, when we have these conversations, we can maybe talk about that. You know, what what things do you feel have led you in, into condemnation? What things do you feel in your life are so heavy that they are burdening you? And it could be a relationship, it could be a job, it could be yourself and, and how you see things. And where, you know, wh- where do you feel that, Burden, kind of just beginning to destroy you because you focus on that and not on the salvation that comes because Christ came. So for you guys, how have you ever looked at the things of the scriptures and ever felt overwhelmed by the
2: righteous holiness of God?
1: I'm thinking they're not even answered. I mean, yes, I mean, I shared that. Last time,
2: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A theme in my life has been this unworthiness that I think has come out of that, that I felt unworthy of God's grace because I see my life and how just jacked up I am. And therefore, I don't know if I compare necessarily to the law because I probably have ignored a lot of the Old Testament law because I don't want to get caught up in, oh man, I if I really understand the 10 commandments alone, I'm even more unworthy than than I right. know I am, right? Yeah. So I kind of like, okay, try to focus on God's grace, but that unworthiness of being adopted, of being welcomed into the family, and all I have to do is have faith. Like that's that that to me is the outcome of what you're saying, even though mm-hmm. I can't really give an example. When I feel like I'm doing well, when
0: I'm firing on all cylinders and everything's going great. I feel like God's more pleased with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like God loves me more because I'm doing everything right or in my mind doing everything right. And then if I am not producing enough or I get off track or do something I know is is sinful and then all of a sudden I start to think God's God loves me less. God is less pleased with me. God, and and so I I know that's not true. I I know that God justification, you know, last week God Sees me as he sees Christ, that righteousness is laid upon me. And yet in my own personal life, I will walk around feeling like when I'm more pleased with me, God's more pleased with me. Mm-hmm. And that can lead into areas of, of guilt and shame.
2: But I'm always better than that next guy. Oh, that's Boy, we, right. We compare you, ourselves to that That guy sucks. <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> We, we compare ourselves to other people. It's like I said a couple weeks ago, you know, we, when we, when a lot of people think that we need to follow the law, it's not really the law. It's a whittled down version of the law that we think we can keep mm. because it's not the real law and the gospel and only the gospel takes the real law seriously.
1: I appreciate that. And, and those feelings totally come up for me too, even though I know it not to be true. It's like, Hey, looking around, doing pretty well in this area, this area, this area, and I guess in those moments, it really just reveals the idolatry of the self. There's to want to be good. I Sometimes I ask myself, well, what's behind that? Like, why do you want to be good? What comes with that? And is it it, it, really, it's like this self-glorification, right? Mm -hmm. It's like in the eyes of others, then you will be enough. You'll be approved. You'll be accepted. And really, I think that's where you feel the weight of the law just crush you, not living up to that because all of that's given to you in Christ.
0: How do you think we could talk to those in our gospel communities about that, about when when I'm more pleased with me, I feel like God's more pleased with me, versus when I've done something dumb, God must not love me as much anymore. How do we help people to maybe see that and move past that and start living in the actual grace we receive.
1: You know, I'm big on feelings. I think...
0: I think, <laughs> Are you? <laughs> shut it.
1: <laughs> feelings do not always tell the truth about yourself or God or the world, but they do tell you something really important about how you see those things, right? But can you then take those to God and process those with him and go back to what you know to be true because mm-hmm. of the gospel? So I think that awareness is really important to be aware of what those feelings are in those different seasons of life like what does that indicate essentially about how you see god Hmm. or what you're really worshiping because what you're describing and what i've been describing too right and and feeling that god is more pleased with us it really does come down to idolatry of the self Mm
0: -hmm. right because if i'm more pleased with me that's what matters isn't it yep yep my
1: god is pleased with (laughs) me the god i have created
2: you know, in setting a culture of that, I think would also be beneficial for all of our groups and elements as a church of, you know, we can celebrate victories or wins, but giving God glory. I have something maybe. Yeah.
1: I was going to point this out to you, actually. Uh-oh. See, <laughs> Compliment sandwich coming up. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good.
2: But
0: now, <laughs> I said something nice about you being self-aware, but now...
1: <laughs> no, you... I forget when it was, it was a few weeks ago. It was when you were talking, oh, it was talking when you were talking about Marianne, right? And how she wanted you to dance with her. Mm. And you didn't. Mm. And all, I know, I'm terrible. I'm like, you're not terrible. Is that, is that what the spirit would say to you oh, in a
0: gosh. moment of conviction? Or oh that- my goodness. Way to bring it back around, Michelle. <laughs> no, that's not what the spirit would say. But I, for me, I, I wish I would have because it would have brought her joy. Right. No, you were terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but I use that as a point because I think oftentimes we're talking about confronting each other with love, right? Or with the truth, like that is really important. But in that, are we also reminding people of the grace found
0: in Jesus too? Let me throw this question back at you. <laughs> oh. So where where's the line between recognizing that? And then recognizing what God says over me and not just being like, well, you know, I really should have done this, but, you know, God sees me this way, so I guess it doesn't matter. Right. And just writing it off.
1: Right. There's a costliness to sin, right? So I think it is that weird tension of taking sin seriously, but also realizing our identity and our status before God doesn't waver. And I say that, by the way, as someone that's also prone to be like, "Oh, I'm terrible. I'm the worst." Of in those moments of conviction, right? There's that tendency to then take that on, like, "Oh, I'm the worst," but really, it's supposed to lead to joy.
2: We gospel ourselves more than we gospel anybody else, and and the narrative that we tell ourselves, the lies or or the the false results of the law, you know, gets I think just so embedded and then yeah, it outpours. So if we can be better at speaking, redirecting, questioning, mm-hmm. well, is that is that what God says about you? Is that is that truth or is that feeling? Mm-hmm. And really not that feelings are bad to look at, right. like you said, but what is your feeling saying about, about God? And it may not be right, but what are they saying? Mm-hmm.
1: Right, it's an entry point yeah. to explore. I've talked to you a little bit about this in the past, Total depravity, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, doctrine we assent to, but I think that can get really warped. It was really warped for me, mm-hmm. where I think I use that to couch my own shame. Mm. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm just leaning into this biblical doctrine here, when really it was so self-deprecating, and it was so distanced from the joy of justification.
0: Total depravity means that in and of ourselves, we go towards ourselves. We go towards pride. We go towards rebellion. And absolute depravity would mean that we would couldn't do actually anything mm. that's ever good. Mm. And, and total depravity means we do many times do things that are quote unquote good, but our motives behind them aren't always the best. Mm-hmm. But we still can do good things because they're still made in the image of God. Mm-hmm.
2: May we element leaders, uh, families be listening to, uh, the words and emotions that others are sharing, uh, hearing what is deeper than just the words and redirecting to grace that we are set free from our sin, from the law, because Christ fulfilled it. And maybe
0: learning how with one another to have the relational awareness to, see the places that we are idolizing ourselves and our own actions above the actions of Christ.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, So Aaron's actually left the room. Uh, He had to run for uh, an appointment. But uh, so Michelle and I are here, and I wanted to ask you, Michelle... What's coming up in terms for our uh, GCs, Quick Connect groups, kind of an element for the rest of the year?
1: Yeah. Well, regarding to uh, regarding Quick Connect groups, we actually have our next round starting up April 30th through June 18th. So it's going to run eight weeks. Throughout. After Easter. Yeah. After Easter, um, we'll probably start promoting it to the body. I'm sorry, on Easter and... Um, eight weeks through the Galatians series and I'm excited about it, especially this round. I think having more preparation and time to really platform leaders. I know mm-hmm. it came together pretty quickly last year as a result of a lot of conversations among leaders. And, um, I think it's a really good space to help people, uh, get connected, whether they haven't been connected with the gospel community before, um, even people in gospel communities, if they want to just train and, you know, get to know other people within element and various settings, it's going to be an accessible space to get to know one another, discuss the sermon, talk about other ways to get involved at element. Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, so we're looking forward to some leaders. So if you have anybody uh, that you think would be good at doing that, that maybe is on our radar. Uh, let Michelle know.
1: Right. Yeah. If you have anyone in within your GCs, even that would like to commit to this eight week leadership opportunity, We'll walk them through it. We have a guide available, and it could be a really great way for them to uh, maybe stretch stretch themselves in that way.
2: Again, if you if there's anything that you think would be helpful in this podcast that we could talk about or demonstrate, you know, we talked about topics, but even. Uh, situations uh, leading that you would like to find helpful. Maybe we can bring somebody in that could speak specifically on anything or
1: questions you want addressed.
2: Yeah. Or if you want to be a part and be a guest, please let us know. And um, we are excited about this. And we have some other things kind of in the works in the background that uh, hopefully will come to light. Uh, Please share what you think would be helpful.